Folks, the NHL season is back, and Winnipeg has just about made all of its cuts and um, send-downs to the AHL and beyond that they are going to make as they trim up the roster and start getting ready for this week's season opener against the New York Rangers. We'll talk about what lines it looks like the Jets are going to be rolling with and what players still remain to be evaluated on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, Jets fans. It is uh, the Monday, I suppose, before Winnipeg season finally kicks off later this week. Obviously, it's been a bit of a long wait, and you know the NHL season is underway after having played some games overseas, and uh, the Jets are just sort of waiting for their turn to get their season kicked off, as most teams will be starting around Wednesday or so. Of course, uh, if you're wondering what podcast you were listening to, this is Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, you know, Winnipeg season is kicking off later this week, um, and there's been a lot of questions about what this team is going to look like because Winnipeg, well, you know, Rick Bonus has kind of suggested that things are going to be a little bit different than how the Jets have been running their team uh, over the last few years. So the roster, it's due for a shakeup. Now, not everything is going to be super exciting for you. I have a feeling that ultimately, you know, the Jets are going to make some changes, but there's only so much that they can kind of rearrange the deck chairs with before it, you know, at, at this point, there's not really much that they can fix without going externally and making some bigger acquisitions. Uh, the internal upgrades that we might've been hoping for are probably not going to happen particularly soon. Uh, Brad Lambert was demoted to the AHL, which, um, you know, it is disappointing, but I think I noticed in one of the last games he played for the Jets, by about the halfway mark, he was looking a little bit tired. So, you know, I think that stamina and the conditioning stuff is all uh, a part of the training training regimen and and regulation uh, and routine work that they'll be doing with the Moose trainers and stuff. So I don't mind him going down for that because it's obvious in terms of like skill and stuff, Lambert is just about there. But uh, at like a fundamental level, I mean, he's like, what, 18, right? So uh, the physical development and the rigors and intensity of like NHL caliber practices and stuff. I suspect it might be getting a little bit to him. And if he goes to the moose for a, a few months, it might not be the worst idea to get him up to speed and kind of get him more attuned to how the jets usually like to train and all that. So, you know, it is disappointing, but I, I do think of course, like I said previously on other episodes, Lambert will be here soon enough. I, I think it'll be this season. Uh, not a permanent uh, stay. I, I, like I said, I think it's going to be a nine-game audition or something like that. But 
it would be nice if he were to actually make the team, especially if maybe there's an injury and suddenly, you know, the Jets might be looking at a real player uh, coming into the lineup and having a strong offensive impact. Now, one of the other main moves that did occur over the weekend that probably shocked people was that Johnny Kovacevic was waived and actually got claimed by the Montreal Canadiens. Now, if you're wondering what the Jets have lost in Kovey, uh, obviously Winnipeg is is going to be down a right-handed defender, and Kovey is a six-three-six-four um, big, you know, puck-moving offensive defender with a pretty nice shot and decent vision and passing. But I think in a lot of ways, guys like him do tend to get waived pretty frequently. The problem for the Jets is that, you know, we don't have a lot of right-handed defenders on the roster. So Winnipeg really couldn't afford to lose him in some respects. Uh, It's not like I don't think he'll come back. I do suspect Kovey will be back with the Jets org sometime in the near future. But uh, in the meantime, obviously, it's kind of an inconvenience because Kovacevic played a lot of time uh, with the Moose and was one of their top four defenders. Uh, occasionally anchored that first pairing for Manitoba. So this is a pretty big loss for the Moose. As for the Jets, I don't think Kovey was really in line for much more than maybe like a third pairing role at some point. Do I think he could have been decent at it? Yeah, probably. Um, I think in terms of what I would expect out of him long term, again, I think he would have been like a number six or seven on the depth chart. Because he's a right-handed guy, I think he might have been elevated just a little bit, but not to the level where him getting claimed is going to make or break the Jets. I think Kovey is a fun player. I think he's, you know, uh, a great guy to lean on if you're looking for a depth defender, especially one that you've developed internally. But, you know, him getting some time with the Montreal Canadiens maybe isn't the worst thing ever. I mean, he goes there, he might get some NHL experience, and maybe if the Habs don't feel he's quite ready yet, he comes back to the Jets with a few more NHL games under his belt, maybe some experience at a higher level, and eventually he can slot in somewhere in Winnipeg's depth pairings as a guy that they can you know, rely on and uh, call upon for the future. Because, like I said, the right side depth is pretty poor, and I suspect the Jets wouldn't mind being able to solve at least one of those lower spots uh, internally. So, Kobe getting claimed inconvenient in the short term. It's not ideal. Um, And it might make one wonder why they signed Kyle Capobianco and why they aren't waving Stanley. I think the easy answer is that Stanley is viewed um, mostly as a really expensive asset for the Jets to lose for free, right? They think Logan might be a player that they could potentially trade. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just sort of wonder if that's their view of it. Why didn't they make a move sooner? Uh, Winnipeg definitely has a left-sided long jam. And if Logan has this much organizational value, well, maybe make use of it because like the Jets forwards are definitely needing some support. And right now it's not at the most ideal state, right? But, uh, you know, that aside, I think Winnipeg is trying to figure out um, how to, I guess, get guys through waivers. And Bonus is definitely not afraid to waive some players. There is another player who got waived and sent to the Moose that I think a lot of people might not have been expecting. I think I wasn't really surprised by it because his, you know, training camps and preseason weren't really all that impressive. And we'll talk about who this player is and what effect that has had on Winnipeg's forward ranks in just a little bit. 
Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Uh, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for an immune system boost to my daily regimen, something that would be easy, convenient, uh, safe, uh, something that didn't taste awful. And, you know, again, like during COVID times and stuff, and especially as we enter the fall and winter months, you need an immune system boost that'll help you uh, maintain your stability, keep you healthy, and keep you going because obviously a lot of you are doing traveling. So you want to avoid all the really nasty bugs. You want to have a really fortified immune system. And AG1 is really convenient because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's got plenty of great vitamins and minerals, and unlike all of those other ones that you probably take on a daily basis, you don't need all of these different uh, pills and, and you know bottles to keep you, you know, keep you sustained. It's just one scoop. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you're, you know, on like a keto, uh, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, whatever restrictions you've got, uh, you know, AG1 is there to satisfy your needs. And there's no nasty chemicals, no GMOs, you know, they try to really avoid all of that artificial stuff. And they do all of this while it still tastes pretty darn good. It's got over 7,000 five star reviews. And, you know, it's a small micro habit that can have really big impacts on your day and really on just your general well-being. So, you know, rather than going through all of these pills and bottles that cost so much, invest in an all-in-one nutritional insurance that costs less than $3 a day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in this episode, Winnipeg season is kicking off this week. It's about time. And honestly, you know, you know, I'm, I've always been critical of the Jets, but I try to be balanced, right? I, I try to give you uh, two different perspectives. I want to be as straightforward and honest without really being like, I would say, super nitpicky about certain things. Like I, I, I like to call it like I see it. And so when I tell you that I'm, I'm like actually legit excited about the season, to a point, I'm being 100% honest. I think this Jets season for me is probably one of the few things that I've been looking forward to in terms of Winnipeg hockey for some time. I think Bones has made something of a believer of me. Uh, the the last game against the <laughs> against the Calgary Flames in preseason, right? Winnipeg won like five to three, and the Jets for the most part only had like what like 15 or 16 shots on goal, but. I think what was kind of impressive in certain areas was that at least for part of the game, the Jets were really beating Calgary in the expected goals battle because, you know, the chances that the Jets were creating were like right in front of the opposing goaltender, while for the most part, Calgary had to settle for like lots of perimeter stuff that really didn't trouble Hellebuck too much. Uh, eventually, that did start to change as the game wore on, but Winnipeg just sort of trolled its way to victory. But you kind of got the sense of, of Winnipeg's philosophy under Bones of being really hard to play against, not surrendering a lot of space in the slot, 
being an absolute pain in the butt to deal with, a lot of aggressive forward checking, a lot of defensive checking where Winnipeg would try to force turnovers and really head off puck carriers who are transitioning zones. All of that, I think, you know, the Jets maybe didn't do super well, but you saw at least strains of those philosophies all kind of embedded in Winnipeg's game. So this season, I'm kind of modestly excited, cautiously excited. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I'm just maybe excited to see Winnipeg be different, right? And part of that different stuff, you know, comes down to the roster because this is the first time that the Jets lineup is going to be something I'm not entirely sure I can predict at 100%. Uh, Winnipeg has already made some changes and, you know, we're still awaiting word of one or two final send downs to really finalize the lineup. Um, but Jansen Harkins got demoted yesterday. And, you know, Harkins is one of those players that for the Jets has been a guy that they've developed internally. They were very excited at one point to call him up a couple of seasons ago. And since then, he's not really turned into the kind of player that I think the Jets were hoping for. Uh, at the AHL level, Harkins is super skilled. He's an elite scorer for the AHL, uh, you know, teams that he's been with. And you can tell that Harkins really thrives at that level. And if you play him with skill, there's a good chance that he can be a complimentary scorer. At the NHL level, there's been like a disconnect with this game where I think a lot of the techniques and skills that he has, which he's got quite a few like really great tricks and things that he can show off. Um, and that really help him to score some great goals, but it's just getting that to consistently translate to positive impacts on the ice. It's not been a consistent thing with him. And during preseason, he really hasn't had the kind of showing to where uh, you might see him really earning a roster spot. But in the past under Maurice, that wasn't always an issue for him. Like Harkins would probably get in just by virtue of being a player that Maurice is familiar with and that he felt comfortable putting out there either at even strength or on the PK or something. With Bones, he's actually forcing something of a meritocracy, which I'm like really into. I think the Jets have just fundamentally needed this basic reset uh, for many, many years, right? And it's not because I feel like you want to punish veterans or something if they have maybe an off game or two. But I, I do think the Jets need to be competitive to really push and force guys to go beyond their limits. We've seen a lot of young players come into this team recently uh, who are really fighting for spots, fighting for NHL jobs, and they've exceeded the guys who were in those positions previously. So, you know, it's really up to the veterans to kind of step up and show that this is their spot. This is their team. They're not willing to give it up and they're going to keep playing for the Jets for as long as they can and give 120% out on the ice, um, which is why it's kind of interesting that Harkins got sent down because now you're starting to see the fruits of what Bones is really pushing with this whole competition thing, guys really fighting for ice time. And now you have some changes to the lineups that might result out of it. So, you know, for the third line, it looks like Baron, Lowry, and Appleton might be the combo. And the fourth line is probably going to be Menelainen, Gustafson, uh, and Gagne, with Toninato being the extra forward who might rotate in here and there. I wouldn't be shocked if Tony actually did start in this team. But, you know, it is, as a whole for me, exciting that Winnipeg is going for maybe some like cultural changes. The Jets used to not have this internal competition, or if they said they did, you know, in practice, did anyone really believe them? I personally didn't. I think the Jets really didn't enforce it at a level that I felt was appropriate. And so 
it's nice to really see this come to fruition. And, you know, I, I, I guess I'm just happy that the Jets are doing like normal things that most other NHL teams do. I, I made a joke about it on Twitter, but I think we've been traumatized to a point, uh, and, you know, from the previous coaching staffs to where we're just not really used to seeing an NHL coach come into the Jets and do things that normal coaches do. Uh, you know, under Maurice and Lowry, they were accomplishing some things and setting some milestones, but unfortunately the performance and stuff never really matched up. And, you know, for years we watched this team just languish in obscurity. So now it feels like the Jets might finally be on the track to doing something really impressive, maybe even being halfway decent this year. All I want is for them to be like watchable, taking development steps forward and giving the kids uh, space to really thrive. Now, on the topic of kids, in just a little bit, I want to talk about one of the final roster battles that's been, I wouldn't say heated. Uh, <laughs> it's been very content, content, contested, but not in a way that I think anyone really pulled ahead how we were expecting them to during camp. We'll talk about this position and who I think is the finalist in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Uh, we're talking about, of course, Winnipeg's final uh, preseason wrap-ups and stuff as they get ready for Friday's game against the New York Rangers. Uh, players are getting sent down. Guys are moving around. And now it kind of comes to the last roster spot that hasn't really been nailed down. Uh, the sixth defender spot for the Jets continues to be something of a sore spot. And, you know, we had a battle between Stanley Heinola and Samberg during preseason. Um, no one actually ran away with the position. If I'm being honest, uh, everyone kind of had performances that were sort of all over the map. And, you know, it, which position and which player you would really want to go here, I think is dependent on what you think their ceilings are. And that's kind of why I feel like Heinola for me is the guy who's going to get the nod. Uh, the last game that he played, I thought, was his most well-rounded. You know, he wasn't super flashy. I don't think he did a ton offensively. But if you were looking for a player who avoided mistakes, who played a calm game, made clean defensive zone exits, and was generally comfortable under pressure, uh, you know, exiting the defensive zone and transitioning up the ice, Heinola actually did that, which to his credit was a big improvement from some of the earlier games in preseason when he would maybe get under pressure, he'd cough the puck up, make a reckless pass, because we all know that Heinle's vision and game allow him to stretch the ice with unparalleled passing from any of our blue liners. He's got one of the most accurate and powerful passes, and he can do it almost in you know from almost any angle, from any distance. He really can stretch the ice in ways that no one else on this team except like Perfetti could. So I think it's really good to see Heinle also show that if he needs to play maybe a lower event game, he can actually do that. And I think for me, that's kind of like the final nail in sealing him in the position because offensively, you know, whether it's on the power play or at even strength, he has so much more versatility and skill than the guys that he's competing with. And it's not because, you know, Sandberg can't keep up in some capacity. I think Dylan is a really competent, you know, two-way defender, a guy who can be offensively ambitious when he wants to, uh, and he's got a huge frame so he can block shooting and passing lanes inside his own end. But I just feel like when you need somebody to be that little bit more assertive, assertive, a little bit more creative and aggressive, he didn't really show enough for me to feel like he was the guy over somebody like Heinle. 
I think Villy had a really strong showing towards the end of preseason. I think that there's more there to work with. And longer term, if you let Villy kind of get uh, acquainted with the NHL level consistently, a lot of the issues in this game will kind of start to smooth out because he's a really hardworking player with very sharp instincts. And I just think he needs that consistency to really establish himself at the NHL level. So um, this spot, you know, there is an outside opportunity that opportunity that maybe Logan gets the nod because he doesn't require um, or he requires waivers and neither Sandberg nor Heinola do. But I think it's it's down to Dylan or Villy for that final spot. I don't think Bones has any issue waving a guy like Logan, even if the team might actually make the trade before they do that, uh, if they were to move him off the roster. So, you know, I think it is down to Sammy and Billy to really show off uh, and seize this final spot. And I think later today when the final roster announcement is made, it's going to be Heinola who stays up. I think he's done enough during camp. Um, you know, obviously it hasn't been perfect, but you know, nothing ever really is with this kind of stuff. And hopefully if Bones really trusts him, he will, uh, instead of sinking, will actually thrive and swim in this new look team that really should favor Billy's uh, strengths and, and skill sets. So part of the excitement building up for the season, obviously Winnipeg has made a lot of changes and I think it'll be a bit of a learning process as they kind of figure out which of these things work well and which things probably need to be tweaked a little bit. But I'd be curious to know how you're feeling. Let me know if you're optimistic or if you're still kind of a little bit on the fence with this team. Uh, for me personally, I think the bonus era has started off about as well as I could have expected. I mean, you know, obviously we don't have real standings updates yet, but from the preseason and camp stuff, I mean, I can't complain, right? So let me know in the comments below how you're feeling or in social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You'll stay up to date on the, on the uh, world of hockey all at your fingertips. And as always, it's totally free to subscribe on the same platforms that we are. So like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.